News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I'm Pete Callender. This is my show. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. And you can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. We are discussing yesterday's pursuit. Is that really a chase per se? But here's a question. If the the rationale for not uh, sending patrol cars to chase uh, the the suspect as he drove almost two hours from what North Mech area down through Steel Creek into South Carolina, then back into North Carolina, into Uptown, back to South Charlotte, back into what South End, and as he's doing all of this, and there are no police vehicles that are you know, actively pursuing with the blue lights, trying to stop him. If, if that's not happening and all that's happening is the, the chopper following. Here's my question. Why does the chopper follow? If the policy isn't to pursue with the vehicles, why would it be any different than with the chopper? Because obviously this guy yesterday knew that he was being pursued by the chopper. Why else would he be driving like that for two hours? Why would he be, uh, you know, hijacking people's cars, stealing cars? Uh, why, why would he be doing all of that? Unless there were police that were nearby, and I guess there were vehicles that were traveling around nearby, right? I guess. Because they got to him pretty quickly after he crashed the fourth car. Um, and remember, every, the fact that nobody was, was killed yesterday is kind of a minor miracle, don't you think? That Think about how many people this maniac drove past that he very easily could have killed somebody. Easily. Drove up on sidewalks. Onto, think about this. Every median that he cut through and drove over, how many medians have people begging on the corners now in Charlotte? Right? Sometimes you don't even see them because they're sitting down, they're up against a sign or something. You don't even realize they're there, you know, until they stand up and, you know, show you the sign or whatever. The fact that nobody died yesterday is amazing to me. And look, I understand, and this, hang on, let me, I'll read this now because he's very, very correct. I got an email here um, or a message uh, it says, I am a police officer on CMPD. I enjoy your show, Pete. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It is amazing how people who never done the job, no other job should be done while having no idea that there are laws, state and federal ordinances, department policies and procedures that we have to follow. Uh, oh, if it was that easy that we could make decisions without the possibility of being sued or suspended. Now, I will say, as an aside here, this is one of the things that the... The officers that I know personally, uh, both on CMPD, but also on other police forces uh, throughout the state, they usually share a feeling of frustration over policy set by politicians that don't seem to like them very much. Also, and that also, by the way, the politicians, you know, bend with the whims of the base, um, but also they are fearful of the fallout if they are even perceived to have made the wrong call, even if it was the right call. 
even if it was the right call to make, but the public perception, a.k.a. the narrative that gets crafted and calcified by activists, advocates, or media, or all of the above, that if that narrative gets out there and calcifies early that uh, that the cop made the wrong decision, even if the cop made the right decision, that there's still the penalty that the cop pays for that. Their name gets out there. People, you know, they get targeted for that sort of stuff because a lot of people don't know. That's all. If you've ever seen these uh, uh, examples of, you know, law enforcement taking local activists for sort of a training exercise, you know, running them through the paces. All right, what do you do? Let's do like a pretend, like a like a role play thing. Here you go. You're going to walk up and approach this vehicle, and you need to determine whether that guy has a gun or not. And then they have somebody else pull out either a you know a you know a, a dummy gun or a cell phone, and you can't tell. Uh, back to the messages here um, from the CMPD officer who says it's a shame that we are here, but we are damned if we do and damned if we don't all the time. All of our actions have to be within the boundaries of the law and department policy. The chain of command and the chief are allowed to determine what our policies are. And uh, we don't control what the lawmakers decide. Does the rank and file agree with all of the policies or laws? No, but we have to operate within them. By the way, as an aside, I would point out that early voting for Charlotte City Council starts today, folks. The department is no different than any civilian company in the sense of you can't do whatever you want to do outside of what is allowed. Uh, Love the show. Uh, the canine unit, the dog can only be used in certain situations and the handler has to be aware not to put the canine in a, quote, bad position where his or her judgment can be questioned. See what I mean? This It's sort of like this is defensive policing. It's like defensive medicine, right? You're so worried about the litigation that you that you it's like analysis paralysis that you can't move. You can't respond because you're so worried that whatever you do is going to be questioned or used to punish. Cause yeah, like me complete civilian. I'd be like, pop the door, jump on out, Rex, sick them. <laughs> and then I would be, yeah. And then I would be fired. I would be the poster child on all of the, uh, the websites and such about police brutality. I am sure. Uh, let me jump over here to RM. Hello, RM. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm fine. I was I was there in the early 90s. I was a sergeant, and I was there when we changed the policy. And one of the biggest reasons that, we, that the department changed the policy on chasing was the DA's office would often drop the charges after somebody we had chased over Charlotte. And it just got to be where it wasn't worth it for us or the public. The, the, uh, there was no consequences to the people that we called after a high-speed chase. So that was one of the reasons, and we didn't. Uh, the uh, main thing was the public, the safety of the public. That was that was the main reason for the pursuit policy change. That more people would be put in jeopardy by a high-speed pursuit. Yeah, and it, it just wasn't worth it to us or the, uh, or the public for something. Maybe if the DA's office had prosecuted them, maybe, but... In the long run, no. Well, so what of the what of the what do you make of yesterday's chase? Because two hours, that guy was driving like a maniac for two hours. Didn't he put a lot of people in danger too? Yeah, but according to the policy, he had he had not violated 
and committed a violent felony up to that time, according to the uh, our rules. Right, a violent felony versus the auto theft. Uh, that's right. That's a felony. Right. I yeah. mean, he, he never used he never used any violent force taking those cars. He, right, except there was but, no weapon involved. But he did. I mean, there was violent force when he plowed them into innocent people. I would submit that's. I would submit that is a violent felony. Besides that, even if he had done it, you watch and see what happens when they go to court. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There, we're, we are going to see what happens there. You are exactly right. RM, thanks for the call. Thanks for your service. I appreciate it. Sure. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, now we have a name. We have an age. And we have, are you freaking kidding me? A bail amount? $115,000 in bond. So, well, I mean, I don't know what bail bondsman's going to give that to him, really. Because the guy's obviously a flight risk. All right, Dean... Welcome to the program. Hey, Dean, how are you? What do you say there, Pete? How's the new house doing? Oh, it's uh, it's all right. It's doing all right. We are uh, we had to get the pest control folks out, uh, but uh, and had my first sort of uh, run through with the uh, architectural review committee of of the HOA. But uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. Thanks, man. How are you? No, very good. I'm doing fine. The summer is here. Yeah, that's right. So I was an MP for half of my military career, and unfortunately, at Fort Dix, New Jersey, the Fulbright Colonel, that was the chief of staff of Post, thought it was a great idea to give his 18-year-old son a ninja motorcycle. I don't know if you remember the uh-huh. oh, yeah. mid-80s. <clears throat> it became a sport to run away from MPs, and unfortunately, he went through a humped intersection in excess of 120 miles an hour and did not survive. Yeah. And uh, his mom, his dad, blamed the MPs and the political fallout from that chase. If we hadn't chased them, their son would still be alive. It echoed politically on base for a year till that, or more till that chief of staff actually left. Um, our colonel, our, our lieutenant colonel and the rest of the MPs, if something went wrong, there was no slack given, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And so it, it, it's a reality everywhere. And do you chase or don't you chase? And there's a certain type of person that is attracted to police work or used to be attracted to police work. And they're type A's, and you run, and they're going to prove you that you're wrong. You can't get away from me. Mm-hmm. And it just it does create. It, I have to say, it, it creates danger to the public. It it, it all is a horrible situation. Uh, I've had to relax my personal thoughts with the with the political reasoning behind not chasing police. But again, this leads to. Yeah, they're not going to chase me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. If they're only, only going to put an electronic uh, monitor on my ankle, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's why nobody wants to call the police these days and talk about things, because everybody comes home and sits in their living room for the next six to ten months waiting for something to come from the courts. And it's just created a bad, bad situation for the law-abiding citizen everywhere. Yeah. 
I hear you. Dean, thanks for the call, buddy. Good to hear from you. Yep, no problem. All right, man. See you. Bye. All right, let me jump over here now to Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. How are you? Skinny Pete. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing all right. What's up? Can we add that to your pronouns or adjectives or whatever? Yeah, I, I now self-identify. That's right. I uh, My That's pronouns cool. are Skinny Pete. <laughs> so... Man, obviously that's not acceptable. What we saw, like we that can't be like this is our best move. Like we got to do better than than what we saw. And I'm not saying we need to have three officers chasing and three different cruisers. I think spike strips and cops uh, laying wait and doing pit maneuvers and things like this. That we're gonna have to have a staff trained, whether it's six dudes or a dozen dudes. We have special vehicles outfitted with all these spike strips and things. We know where we're going as a society. I mean, we see it all over the place with vehicles being used as weapons. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we're ever going to be able to respond in time, but at least we can stop something like this. So, so like it was ridiculous. So embrace the Mad Max Thunderdome uh, motif, right? Just like get get some cop cars armored up with like. because uh, oh, like we could do the spikes out the sides, you know, so you can pull up next to the car and just like shred the tires <laughs> well, out. Give that officer inside the tools to be able to stop this guy without yeah. dying themselves or injuring other people. Again, this needs to be more of a defensive approach than like an offensive approach. Like, obviously, we can't have cops chasing guys down the wrong way with people. I mean, but we could have done so many different things during two hours. Right. Well, and part of the problem is you don't know where the guy is going, right? I mean, well, so you can try to put uh, how about some pylons up and like at least know he can't go. It might be two miles down the street, but you know he's not going to get beyond that. So, what you say pylons? Like, what do you mean? Like the barrels? Like just something that you can't drive through. How about four car cop cars back to back to back blocking the road? Like I would assume they would do if I was in trying to run from the police. Like mm-hmm. there would be some barricade not too far up ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, because there, uh, there again, you're in, you know, this was midday traffic. There was tons of cars everywhere. Um, that's a, that's a very large operation. And you're going to, you're, you're going to be making a bet that he's going to be going down the, well, but you're going to make a bet that he's going in this, that he's going to make it to where you've got the roadblock set up. He never got on any interstates. If we would have had some things set up in four or five locations yesterday, obviously he was going to cross one of them at some point, especially if you kind of, you have cops lined up, you're steering them in a direction. You have some side roads blocked with cop cars and things. I mean, this is, this isn't that hard. I don't know, man. I I mean, it's, I think it's easier. Five cars. I think it's easier with a radio. I don't think I, I, I don't that guy going in a general direction. Chris, I don't think there are that many cops. I don't think there's that many no. cops. I think you're overestimating the number of police that are actually on patrol at any given moment in Charlotte. I don't think there are that many. They would have to call at least that many. Uh-uh. They'd have to bring them in. They'd have to start calling them in, uh, getting them off of whatever duties they were they were assigned to, bringing them in from other divisions and stuff, and and getting them all to amass someplace and then making a as well and then making a prediction about where the guy is going it's easier if he gets on an interstate because if he's on an interstate you only you know he can only get off at certain points right but the fact that he was running all around these roads and and honestly you're going to block the road okay so let's say block the road the guy was running over property he was running over medians jumping sidewalks he didn't care so you'd have to block you have to block off not just the road but the sidewalks and any kind of yards or you got to get him into some sort of a uh into a canyon you know in order to 
to make that work in order to stop him. I don't know. I just I think that's a, I, I think it's, it's complicated. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to think it through the next day than than as it's happening. I think it's it's it's, it's logistically very very difficult. I'm with I you on the stop sticks. Trying to make light of the cops. No, I know. I know they're out there sacrificing and putting their lives on yeah. the line, but. There are just way too many ties. Like we have to, we, I have to think that we can do a little better than that. No, and, like yeah, I agree with you. Or, you know, like I, there's something. Yeah, I agree with you. There, there I think there th- that needs to be handled better. I don't know how. I'm not the expert, but Chris, I appreciate the call. Um, I, yeah, I, and I would, if I had solutions, I would offer them up because you know me, I'm all about solutions, right? So you see, I don't make predictions on jury trials or elections, right? I've said this and very clear about it, but I did make a prediction earlier in the program. Do you remember what the prediction was? I said, when I see this guy's mug shot from yesterday, I said, he's going to have abrasions. Not that I think he should have the abrasions, but I understand. No, because that's all the way he got taken down to the ground. Looking at this little scrawny guy's uh, uh, face, and he's got abrasions all over the right side of his face because that's the fu- the side of the face that got smushed into the pavement as he was being arrested. Twenty-six-year-old driver charged with multiple offenses, accused of stealing four cars, leading police in an hours-long pursuit across Charlotte. Charlotte Observer reporting a woman accused of stealing one of the cars also was arrested. Charlotte Mecklenburg police arrested Tyler Harding, a man with two presidential names. After a wreck at East Boulevard, I threw that part in there. That's not in the copy. Um, He wrecked the fourth car at East and South Boulevards in the Dilworth neighborhood, ending the pursuit. Um, So here's what he's charged with. Three felony counts of vehicle larceny, two counts of breaking into a vehicle, one count each of felony hit and run, causing serious injury, death, flee slash elude arrest with a vehicle, possession of a stolen vehicle, second-degree burglary, misdemeanor vehicle larceny, and misdemeanor larceny, one charge, uh, one count on all of those. Where is the reckless endangerment? Where is the where's the charges that indicate that he put hundreds of people's lives in jeopardy? Where's that one? I'm not blaming the cops for this either. This is all on the DA, right? They're the ones that are going to bring the charges. He was jailed on $115,000 in bond. I don't know if that's secured or unsecured. I don't know. He's scheduled to appear in court tomorrow. So this maniac could very well bail out before tomorrow. I, I I do not know, according to the story here, whether he is able to post, you know, if he gets a bail bondsman, he could post 10% of that, and he's out on 11-5. I don't know if he's got $11,500, but he could be out. Don't tell me that this is the way this is supposed to work. What we saw yesterday was utterly unacceptable antisocial behavior. All right, let me go over here to Tom. Welcome to the program. Hello, Tom. How are you? Thank you very much. Uh, I just wanted to mention some things that happened in the past 
regarding the way the police are allowed to handle people committing crimes. I met a policeman who had been on the New York City police force, and he finally retired or he quit. He said, and this is over a year and a half ago, the whole police force wants to quit. And they're not allowed to touch anybody or any, or stop the criminal from doing anything he wants to do. All they can do is follow him until he surrenders. And if they try to attack him to make him stop, uh, what's going to happen to them if they hurt him is what happened with the Floyd incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, By the way, he wasn't killed by the policeman. He, he killed by a drug overdose. But now the police people are... Someone has been jailed for 22 years for not killing anybody, well, but trying to stop to somebody with eight convictions. Derek Chauvin. No, Derek Chauvin was rightfully convicted. No, he wasn't. Okay, I disagree, and I think the jury agreed with me on that. Well, well let's go back to what's going on now. Okay. Now, my point is, the policeman I talked to that was here in, in uh, Rock Hill uh-huh. was a black man, so okay. it has nothing to do with color. Okay. He said the whole police force, anyway, crime has gone skyrocketed, and under these new rules, which are insane, if I'm being robbed and I kill the guy that's trying to rob me, I'm accused of murder and perse- prosecuted. That, well, now, Tom, that would, dep- that would depend on the nature of the, the circumstances, right? I mean, that's not automatically true. If the, like, for example, if the guy came up and uh, said, give me your wallet, Tom, and you gave him your wallet, and then he starts running away. And as he's running away, you then chase him, pull out your gun, and shoot him dead in the back. Yeah, you. No, you, you, you might actually be charged with murder in that one. Maybe second degree, maybe premeditated. Yeah, this even. is crap because I was not crap. assaulted in the store in Apex, North Carolina. Okay. And a man pulled a, gun, a knife on me, was going to kill me if I didn't give him my damn wallet. Uh huh. And I chased the guy. Yeah. I didn't have a gun out of shot. Tom, I the Tom, number, Tom, now you're gone. The- Tom, now you're gone. Now you're gone. So Tom is Tom is a crime victim. He got mugged at knife point. And if Tom had a concealed carry permit, if he took any kind of training whatsoever, Tom would know that once the threat is no longer life-threatening, you don't get to kill them. The guy running away from you, even if he just took your wallet at knife point, running away from you, you are alive. Legally speaking, you're not allowed to shoot him in the back and kill him. So, Tom, I advise you. um, Well, I was going to say take a concealed carry class, but I'm starting to think probably don't. Uh, But, well, is South Carolina... Do you need a concealed carry permit in South Carolina? It's open carry state, so yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe brush up on the training, Tom. Um, there was another comment I had here along these lines. This one came from uh, Joseph, who says, "Seems like this car chase and even the cops in Uvalde, Texas, priorities are to not get sued and keep themselves safe." Unless you're going to a gym in New Jersey or paddleboarding uh, on a, a California off a California uh, beach during a uh, beach during COVID lockdowns, of course, like that. Yeah, 
Kind of weird how the conservative public is the most supportive of the police. They back the blue, but does the blue back them? This is a this is a question that I see more and more in conservative media circles being asked. And it's not even well, it's not even a question. It's a warning. It really is. It's a warning. It is from people who are of the political right, who have long supported law enforcement. And during the rise of COVID and the restrictions and the way law enforcement officers behave during that time period, um, there is this warning that's going out that says, look, if this is the way you guys are going to behave, you you can no longer count on us to have your back. Now, I don't know what that means writ large. I don't know what kind of an impact that has at a, at a larger level. If the last group, you know, the last demographic in the society at large now starts turning its back, I don't know what happens. But I, look, I have said this for years. Conservatives need to know, need to understand that not all cops are good. And liberals, progressives need to understand that not all cops are bad. That's why I'm all about the individual cases Yes, the philosophy matters, policies matter, but the individual cases, with Tom's you know, uh, example there, the individual case details matter. And just what I've seen in the case from yesterday, it's unacceptable. And the, and the char- 115K bond, unacceptable. I mean, unless, of course, you're totally fine with letting this maniac back out on the streets of Charlotte, apparently, dude's from Texas. He just came here and caused all this mayhem. I, so, you think he's not? You think he might be a flight risk? I do. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. Um, pit maneuvers not allowed in Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. That's why. The vehicles do not have the metal frames on the fronts of the vehicles, I am told. Every vehicle has stop sticks in them, but you have to be in front of the fleeing vehicle at some point in order to deploy the sticks. Um, If the suspect is traveling down a route where you know he has to pass, then yeah, you could drop the stop sticks out there. Uh, They were apparently authorized yesterday if somebody was able to deploy them safely. And uh, another message says, uh, this is why the guy came back from South Carolina into North Carolina, because South Carolina would throw the book at him. (laughs) Mecklenburg County, not so much. That's why I made sure not to get caught across the border. P.S. You can't shoot a man in the back, Tom. (laughs) Uh, All right, let me go over here to Ken. Welcome to the program. Hello, Ken. How are you? Hey, Pete. How you doing? Enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, you're talking about solutions, and yes. uh, I think until this country comes to grips with real punishment for real criminals, you're going to get this to continue. And uh prime example, the shooter on the 4th of July, he had already confessed. They know he did it. This man should be put to death quickly, and I suggest by firing squad, seven people, $3 worth of bullets, would take care of him swiftly, which is more time than he gave the people he gunned down. And that's the way it will be presented to people that are going to do this the next time. They will get that. When I was in the Navy, we went to Egypt, and we were told that if you were caught stealing, they would take a finger off the first time, a second finger, the second offense, and then your hand. 
I'll guarantee you that prevented kids in Egypt from stealing. Same thing here. There are too many copycat killers. Put them to quick death. Let it be shown. Don't give them, you know, the name. If you want to keep that concealed, that's fine. But if we don't do it now, you wait in 20 years. I'll guarantee you we're going to come to that reality in about 20 years. They're going to start doing that because it's going to get so bad. Uh, so, you, so you think the punishment uh, for you were talking about the um, the the shooter, but for this guy, the 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 driver, what right. what what of what of that punishment? Um, I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, I will t- more, more severe than what you're going to give him. I'll tell you that. Yeah, probably so. Ken, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. All right, man. Um, I will t- let me relay a, a story. This was told to me years ago by a former LAPD officer, and uh, who was around prior to the Rodney King beating. And he told me something, and I'll never forget it. And he said that there was this, there was, um, I don't want to say a code, but there was an understanding, is what he called it, among the criminals and the cops in LA, that if you ran from us. Then we beat you up. And that's how we prevented a lot of people from running from us. But once they knew that they could run and not get their butts whooped, then a lot more criminals started running. And then a lot more people who aren't career criminals, but who were just, you know, messing around and cops show up. Now they start running too. Once the word gets out that you can run and there are no repercussions... More people run. Look, I'm not offering this up to say that we need to, you know, beat up on everybody. I'm not saying that. This, the, the, there are trade-offs here. And I'm trying to figure out which one, you know, which squeeze, which squeeze gives the best juice. How much do I need to squeeze? And like, what is the solution here? Because I can see that if you go too far one direction, you end up with you know, jackbooted thugs beating people in the streets. And on the other side, you end up with the criminals beating people in the streets. I'm trying to find the solution in the middle somewhere. Let me see here if, uh, let me see if Stan has an idea. Hello, Stan. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Yeah, I just want to mention, I know you saw what I was going to talk about, but I want to tell you first how I, how I came, how I got this idea. All right. Um, I was talking with somebody who works for one of the uh, local security companies, and um, I asked him about since uh, uh, the police will not respond. Like, if your alarm goes off on your home now, mm-hmm. more likely or not, police aren't going to respond, and the security industries have been based on that for years. And I said, so what are you doing? And he goes, well, there's a couple, there's a couple of major ones that have already gone to hiring their own police. And he said, basically, that's probably what we're going to wind up doing. So in essence, if they want to defund the police, then go ahead and defund it. Make police protection market based all the way around. And then the only ones that came to Ford Private will be the ones to get hurt, and they're the ones that defund them in the first place. Mm. So that's uh, similar to this email I got that said, if your procedures and protocols involve letting a dangerous driver speed through the streets or a lunatic shoot up a school or rioters burn down the city, then what good are the police? Defund them for uh, for all I care. And, and And maybe this is the way that this all shakes out. Well, well, of course, that's, that's what it's got to come to because people are starting to sit here and just watch everything be everything be taken over. And the bottom line is, basically, then it becomes not a matter of uh, 
of protocols or police procedures and passed by statutes or whatever, it becomes the legislature then would have to pass a law that would have to go through the state legislature determining proper police procedures, which hasn't been done yet. Gotcha. Stan, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate it. I got to run. News is next. Third hour after that. 